Ladies and gentlemen, Real Paranormal Activity is proud to present Terry's Mysterious Moments. Good evening, and welcome to Terry's Mysterious Moments. I want to take this opportunity to thank you for listening to the program. Now, on with tonight's show. Good evening, folks. The Texas Gulf Coast has been in the news a lot recently due to Hurricane Harvey and its after effects. So I wanted to touch on some of the legends along the Gulf Coast areas. The Texas Gulf Coast, stretching from Brownsville and Port Isabel in the south along the Mexican border, 367 miles northeast to Port Arthur on the Louisiana border. It is chock full of stories, legends, ghost stories, and just some outright myths. But there are mysteries along the coast, so let's look at them. First off, I would like to take a moment to speak about the devastation caused on this selfsame coast by Hurricane Harvey. For 12 years, the U.S. Atlantic and Gulf Coasts were free of hurricanes. Not since Wilma in 2005 had a hurricane touched the east and Gulf Coasts. Then, in four days, record rainfall hit Texas. Upwards of 51-plus inches of rain fell on southeast Texas, mainly in Houston, although there are other places devastated. Harvey is the wettest tropical cyclone on record. I'm sorry, it has displaced countless thousands and ruined innumerable homes and destroyed millions, if not hundreds of millions, in property. Things are slowly drying up here in Texas. I am personally thankful that I was spared, I live in an area that was spared little more than a little rain and wind, but I had friends affected by this storm. I pray for them and ask you to do the same thing. God bless Texas. Now off the soapbox and on with the show. Many of the legends of the Texas coast have to deal with hurricanes and many have to do with pirates. Most famously, Jean Lafitte. Jean Lafitte is referred to as an American pirate and smuggler, but he was born in France in a small village on the Garonne River. I'm not sure if I pronounce that right. The Garonne River in France in 1780. He had been a privateer and the employee of the Republic of Cartagena, which is in Colombia, before going into business for himself as an outright pirate. For Cartagena, he went against the Spaniards and the English on the high seas. He appeared in New Orleans in about 1809 with his brother Pierre, and he began a blacksmith shop, but it was used to cover for his smuggling of slaves into New Orleans. For several years, he engaged in piracy in slavery, and in smuggling. However, Lafitte and party weren't all bad. In the Battle of New Orleans in 1815, they performed admirably on the side of the U.S. against the British. The entire crew was granted amnesty by President James Madison in 1815. In 1817, the Lafittes left New Orleans and set up a headquarters called Campeche, or Campeche, on Galveston Island, originally called Galvez Town after Bernardo de Galvez, Viceroy of Mexico. From the times of the pirates, 
tales of buried and lost treasure have circulated around among treasure hunters. There are stories of a Lafitte ship being chased across Sabine Lake and making anchor at Port Natchez on the Natchez River. The treasure on board was taken ashore and buried in a marsh. Maps appear from time to time showing the location of this and other treasures, but to no avail. Several explanations as to why the pirates didn't collect this treasure include 1. They died before they could get it. 2. They simply couldn't remember where they buried it due to the ever-changing topography of the area and the fact that they very possibly were three sheets to the wind when they buried it. Two treasure hunters came to Old Velasco, which is now called Surfside, with the location of treasure. They dug, found a chest, and brought it to the surface. Suddenly a hand reached up and drug the chest back into the hole. And a local man named Jeff, who had accompanied the two men, was so scared he ran away. When asked about the hand, Jeff simply said, it was the devil. It was suggested that treasure totaling $27 million is hidden on and around Galveston Island and Pelican Island. Another story from Port Natchez tells of a man who had a, who had a map. He found the key clue an old anchor and began to dig. Suddenly he was gripped by a nameless horror and fled the place. He reportedly died in a few days from fright. Another man obtained this map. He hired a man named Clausen to help search. They followed the map to where the treasure lay beneath the surface. They found the man's, the previous hunter's tools where he had left them. They took over the digging and they soon found a human skeleton still clad in rotting clothes and boots. They set the bones aside and Clausen prepared to resume digging. Suddenly he jumped out of the hole and said, I've just seen hell in all its horrors, and they left. The one man named Meredith, who had the map, eventually went back to get his tools. He reburied the skeleton and hid the map. He was not going to dig anymore. They find gold doubloons from time to time on the coast, but nowhere near what's reported to be there. There used to be a tribe of natives along the Texas coast called the Karankawas. They sometimes are called the stinking Karanks because they would cover themselves in mud and muck to keep the mosquitoes from getting at them. In the area south of Rockport called Estes Flats, a landowner wanted to build some boat storage barns some time ago. He hired dozers to level out the property, seeing as there was a, there was a mound on the property. And when the dozers bit into the mound, they found human bones and artifacts. Turns out that it was a Karankawa burial mound. A neighboring homeowner's mother came to visit soon after. Both are a bit sensitive, according to them. One night the mother awakened to see an Indian man standing by her bed looking at her. He had an odd expression on his face and he was bending over to look at her closely. She cried out and he disappeared. Four or five days later, the homeowner, who was home alone and doing laundry out in the garage, went into the house through her kitchen to the bedroom to check on her, ba her new baby. Then she went back through the kitchen to go back out to the laundry. And when she got in the kitchen, she found that all nine drawers of her pantry cabinets were open. She said it didn't scare her. She found it somewhat amusing. She was talking to a visiting friend about the two incidents and the friend declared disbelief. Suddenly a large squeeze bottle of mustard on a shelf in plain sight was hurled into the middle of the kitchen floor. They stopped digging at the mound, they didn't disturb it anymore, and the neighbor had no more incidences in her house. So there's an interesting one.
This one is a Texas legend from way back in the 1860s. Down near San Patricio in the 1850s and 60s lived a woman named Chapita Rodriguez. She suffered a lot during her life. Uh, she had a bad marriage. The husband took her child and left, and she just had a lot of things going wrong. But she started a small inn, which is a very generous term for the shack that she had. And she did this beside the Aransas River. At one point in time in 1863, a traveler named John Savage, on a trip from San Antonio, where he had made a successful horse sale, he was going down south to get more stock. He stopped at Chapitas for a meal and some rest in August of 1863. She fed him and offered him a cot on the porch. Savage headed to bed. The next day, servants of the John Welder Ranch, a mile distant from Chapitas, went down along the river to pick up some firewood. They found a gunny sack propped against a tree, and in the sack was the dismembered body of John Savage. The sheriff was called in. The body was dealt with, but they don't know if it was buried there at the river or taken somewhere else and buried. The sheriff found bloodstains on Chapita's porch, which Chapita said was chicken blood, and there was no ax on the property or by the river. So it was circumstantial evidence at best. Robbery was said to be the motive as Savage was known to be carrying $600 from his sale in San Antonio. Chapita was arrested, she was tried, and she was convicted for the murder in jail awaiting her execution. Chapita told her friend that her long ago removed son was the real killer. Chapita died from the hangman's noose on Friday, November 13, 1863. The only woman ever hanged in Texas. She was hanged, but her small stature kept her neck from being broken in the drop. She struggled, then apparently died, and she was placed in her coffin and lowered into her grave there by the river. An eyewitness said he heard a thump and a groan from the coffin, and he said he didn't stop running until he reached his home almost a mile distant. Chapita still, peer, still appears in San Patricio in the area, especially when a woman is wrongly accused of a crime. In Corpus Christi, there's a ship lying at anchor. It is a former warship called the USS Lexington. It's an aircraft carrier. It has been retired and turned into a historical museum. USS Lexington was numbered CV-16. Her services, her service dates were from 1943 to 1991. During her battle times in World War II, she earned the Presidential Unit Citation. She earned battle stars and many awards. She was known as the Great Blue Ghost, as named by Tokyo Rose, that woman who did propaganda broadcasts for the Japanese during World War II, because Try as they might, the Japanese could not sink her. She was torpedoed in December of 1943, repaired. She was kamikazed in December of 1944. She was repaired. The Japanese claimed her to be sunk four separate times. Nine men died in the torpedo attack. Forty-seven died in the kamikaze attack. Then there are those who died of illnesses or accidents on board. Various spirits are said to be still on board. There's a sighting of a World War II pilot in a ready room, and there's a World War II corpsman being seen in the medical area. There are reports of disembodied voices from all over the ship, especially the hangar. There are many other stories of the Texas coast, many of them scary, many of them just make you wonder. There's many more stories than I can touch on here. I just offer a few to perhaps whet your appetite 
to search about more info. The Texas Gulf Coast is a beautiful place. The sound of the waves are calming. People on the beach make it fun to be out there. People uh, fish off the jetties off Port Aransas, area, different areas down there. Galveston is beautiful. It's got some beautiful old homes on its island, but they have ghosts. They have stories. They have legends. That's all I have for this week, so I want to thank you for listening. If you have any stories to send me, you want me to tell on the air, I will. Write to me at Terry's Mysterious Moments on Facebook or at Terry's Mysterious Moments at gmail.com. Again, that's Terry's Mysterious Moments on Facebook and Terry's Mysterious Moments at gmail.com. I'd like to hear your comments. I'd like to hear any stories that you have. Anything you want to say, write me out. I'll take the time to write you back. That's not a problem. I love hearing from people. Well, y'all have a good week, and I'll talk to you next time, okay? Bye-bye.